All right, so we have been sitting in John 15 for a long time, and it's been really wonderful. Um, our GROW, grow acronym, um, I want to just remind you of that, comes from the Covenant Church's acronym of being in God's Word, practicing healthy relationships with God and each other, living our lives in outward obedience and love for Christ, and love for others, and then worship, how we, how we come together and um, worship God in spirit and truth as a community and also individually. Um, it's really interesting, as I've been you know, sitting in this passage and commentaries and books, I've had so many books lately, and, and see, there's this theme of abide and rest, abide and rest, and it's been really exciting. I have like five books going right now, and it, they're all saying the same thing. So it's been delightful for me as your pastor to prepare for this because it's like, okay, Lord, I think we're, we're where we are supposed to be right now. So as you think about this, as we grow, we copy Jesus's lifestyle through abiding in him and remaining in him. Um, I probably the first week that we did this, I had the kids coloring in the back and they colored the words remain and stay. <laughs> and I, I hung up those, I taped them in the nursery. <laughs> And I thought about it later, I'm like, this looks like a, a dog command school or something. Remain, stay. But really, um, you know, hopefully they, as we think about remain and stay in Jesus, um, that is where we are at our best when we are close to him, focused on him, dwelling in him. And we do this through copying how he did things and also following his commands. Um, we do this through spiritual disciplines and practices. So again, I, I, th I think you're going to hear the word copy a lot, but we copy Jesus. We do things like he did. That was true discipleship, apprenticeship. Um, in the early days, you know, a rabbi would have um, his students, and, um, and those students would literally do everything Jesus, Jesus did or that, that rabbi did. They, if he sat a certain way, they sat just like he did. If they ate a certain way, well, they wouldn't have eaten left-handed like me. They would have eaten right-handed, but they would scoop just like him. Um, if he spoke in a certain way, they would speak in a certain way. So you think about how, as we stay close to Jesus, we do this through copy and imitation. Um, think about our children. They copy us. Um, I remember my, my daughter one time, um, I caught her in the sanctuary at Bethlehem Covenant, and she was preaching, and she was giving the sermon. Um, and, and it was really neat because we also had a, another female pastor, and, and she, she said, Mom... Today I am Pastor Rebecca, and I am giving the message. And she was, she was copying our pastor and, um, up in front. And you think about, as we copy Jesus, he's the best one to imitate. And we practice habits of the mind and the body as we do this. Um, and so today I, I want you to be thinking about, you can go to the next slide too, Dylan, that we abide in Jesus through the spiritual practices of rest and Sabbath. And I have to tell you, I've, I've felt so convicted as I've prepared this message. I was, this was the one for last week, but then, you know, <laughs> COVID had me down for the count, and I thought, huh, this is kind of funny. <laughs> I, I can do nothing but rest. And I realized I really don't know how to rest. And so I had this kind of, I don't know, I, I, I'm uncomfortable because I'm realizing that God is calling me to make changes in my life, and I don't know how to make them. So this is, this is where I'm at as I'm realizing I have lived a life that has not been restful. My mom told me, you know, she was like, you were born breech, you came out feet first, and you've been on the go since. <laughs> That's the squirrel. Um, 
but I realized, you know, I, I felt convicted that I've, I've worked a full-time job and pastored, and, and I haven't truly taken a Sabbath day rest in a long time. And so I'm, I'm feeling conviction in my heart of um, saying no, um, learning from Jesus, and, and developing some different rhythms for my own life this next year. And so I, I hope that this won't come out as a judgy sermon. <laughs> Um, that's not my, my hope at all. My hope is that we truly do listen to Jesus more and better and differently. And our world right now, you know, um, if you think of it, I grew up in a time, I mean, I'm not that old, but I'm closing 50, but nothing was open Sundays. Um, and, and one commentator I read said that the Judeo-Christian model of, of rest on Sundays has existed for thousands of years, but then sometime around the 1970s, 1980s, all of a sudden, the lure for being, having more options, doing more, um, giving people you know, un, unlimited, unlimited uh, time, we started seeing stores opening. I remember the store owners in our small community caused a huge kerfuffle. Like there was, there was upset people when they started opening their store at one o'clock on Sundays. And then that time got shifted back. And then next thing you know, I, I can't even remember where the, the line went from nothing being open on Sundays except probably like police stations, fire, you know, fire stations and hospitals to everything except Chick-fil-A and Hobby Lobby. So I think it's important we, we pay attention to what's happened to us in our culture and how we, we resist and we push against that as, as people of God. And we also honor our bodies as God made them and care better for ourselves. So here we go. Um, so we focus on a specific habit, a specific way of abiding to Jesus. We lean into practicing spiritual habits like rest and Sabbath, and they will create more space for us to grow and bear fruit. Um, in John 15, if, I don't know if you've ever caught this before. Um, Dylan, you got that John 15 passage? No, I'll just read it. Grab your Bibles. Grab your Bible or your Bible app. There's Bibles under your chairs too. Jesus says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. So Jesus gives this analogy of, of not bearing fruit, meaning a life that does not have evidence of, of God's love or the Holy Spirit, or producing things that are from a relationship with God. And then he goes to, but when you're pruned, when you are being growing, in your faith and, and being disciplined, you will be fruitful. And then Jesus gives this analogy of being already clean, which is that metaphor of the branches being lifted up. That's okay. Um, because he said, of the word I've spoken to you, and then he says, remain in me as I also remain in you. And he reminds his followers, no branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. And then he says, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. So we go from no fruit to fruit to much fruit. And he says, apart from me, you can do nothing. If you don't remain in me, you're like a branch that's thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. So the fruit increases as we abide and remain in Christ. And you just think about that, that, that we can't do anything for God. But he says, you'll bear fruit and you're going to grow just by being with me, spending time with me, staying close. 
So we think about practices like rest and Sabbath allow God to fertilize the soil in our hearts, which the Holy Spirit grows the fruits of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control within our lives. And if we don't make space for God's Spirit through our yielding of time and rest, we will be overrun with what a lot of um, psychologists and scholars are calling hurry sickness, as it's called these days, where we find ourselves going from one thing to another, missing out on the full life that God has for us. It's funny, too, in hurry sickness, we don't want to miss everything, so we think if we hurry and do more and do more and do more, we're going we're gonna to get more. But really, hurry sickness gives us less. So here are some what-ifs. I have thought about this. What-ifs are the barriers, the what-ifs between you and I as we reconsider rest and Sabbath. You know, a lot of us do not have normal schedules. You know, we don't, some of us don't live in a nine-to-five world. And so I thought about just some, some things where people are like, wait, 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 I, I don't know if I can do this. Um, what if my schedule is much, what if my schedule's weird? Do I have to take Sunday off? How do I do this? That's what I was saying. I don't know how to do this. What if I don't know how to do Sabbath? Or maybe I have no idea what real rest is. You know, my dad is a farmer, and I remember thinking, boy, Lord, farmers have a hard time resting because it was those cows have to be milked every stinking day, twice a day. <laughs> I'm like, you know, cows, couldn't you turn it off one day and, and dad doesn't have to work? Um, and so sometimes there's, there's got to be grace and gray areas in this for our lives. And so, again, don't hear this as a, a, a recipe of legalism or, a, you know, shackles on you, but just think about, like, how do we rethink rest? Um, like any new habit or discipline, like, let's say, you know, I was thinking about, um, I wish Joe was here because Joe has an incredible exercise routine. Um, Joe Brisboy, if you ever want to get a good story, hear about Joe's exercise regimen he does every morning. It's incredible. He can do more burpees than I can. He can do more push-ups than I can. I, so anytime you want to get better or stronger, it's when you have to start. And so I've been like, okay, I think I can do 20 push-ups every night, and, and I'm, I'm trying to work my way up to Joe's 62 or however many he does. But you think about it, you have to begin somewhere, and you have to start small, and the point is to begin, and, and that's that obedient living that we talk about in our GROW acronym. So when we seek God through practicing spiritual habits, we invite the Holy Spirit in opening ourselves up to a power that is far beyond our own, as John Mark Comer writes in The Elimination of Hurry. So I was going to say, why is this so difficult for us, and what does the Bible say about this? And why do we have a hard time with this? I, this is something I wish we could, we could chew on more in an out loud conversation because I would love to hear, actually I hope we can talk about this next week, but why is this hard for us? Or maybe it's not hard for you. Um, and if it's not, I want to hear about that too. But the Bible says a lot. And so um, just for your reference, you know, it starts out in Genesis 2, 1 through 3. We have God's, God's the, the whole illustration of how creation was, was happening and, and how God made everything. And, and if you go back to Genesis chapter 2, it's this cadence of everything he would do. Um, we start out, you know, God created man in his own image. God blessed them. He said, be fruitful. He, he gives every seed-bearing plant. And then he says that the water team with life and creatures. He says, let the land produce living creatures. Um, let there be lights in the vault. Um, let, the, let the sky be expanded. Let water be under the sky. Let there be light. And so after all these things, then in Genesis chapter 2, 
We have this account. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. And by the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. And it's very specific. There was a, a, a seventh day. That's how we get our order of time. It says that God rested from all his work. And then it gives us this wonderful gift. Then God blessed the seventh day. Because it was a day of rest, because he had completed everything, it was a day of celebrating, actually. Because he rested from all the work of creating he had done. And so then Moses follows up, and it was what I read with the children in Exodus 20. As he's taken the people out of Egypt, the Israelites out of Egypt, and they're, they're wandering in the promised land, and, and God starts to reorder their lives because they had been slaves. You think about that. Slaves have no rest. Um, and there's still slavery happening in our world. And so you think about how even how we, if we start to practice and honor rest, how could that be an act of justice in our world? It could be an act of justice for other people potentially if, if we get a, a small movement going here of other people that are saying, we are going to take a day off and rest. And so God spoke these words to the people, telling them, I am the Lord your God. He, he says, I brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. And he starts giving them... Um, the commands of how they're going to live as his people. No gods before him, not making any graven images. He tells them not to misuse the name of the Lord your God in vain. And then he says, the, and this is the biggest chunk of, of instruction, ironically. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. You know, we forget so easily. And he says, don't forget. He says, six days you have all the work you can do, and you do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work. He reminds them, don't even make people in your household work. And that's been challenging for me. There's, um, you know, we've, I've tried to pick Saturdays where I don't ask my kids to do anything. And I catch myself, like, can you undo in the dishwasher? And, and so this has been something that, that's been going in me for a long time. But you think about if, if we rest, we also will help other people rest as well. And ironically... In Deuteronomy chapter 5, and this, this I forgot about, but I think this is super interesting. As the people are about to go from wandering in the wilderness to the promised land, Moses gives the people renewed instructions from the law with the Ten Commandments, and he reminds them again. But the word is different here in, in Deuteronomy 5.12. He uses the word observe. He says, observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy, as the Lord your God has commanded. You know, as I read in one commentary, remembering is one thing, because like um, when we went on our remembering walk on Memorial Day, that's that, that's that word Ebenezer. It's, it's to remember and to recall and to reflect on. But observing actually is a different word. It's an action. It's, it's like... Um, when we observe the 4th of July, you know, we, we plan and we prepare. We go up to cabins. We, um, you know, get people together. We have fireworks. We have food. It, the observance is actually an, an act. And I didn't ever catch that because I thought of observe being more passive, but it's not. So he says, observe the Sabbath, by keeping, Sabbath day by keeping it holy as the Lord your God has commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. Again, that reminder, you have six days to work. But the seventh is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. Remember that word Sabbath, Shabbat, meaning to stop and to delight to the Lord your God. And that reminder again on it, don't do any work. Don't make your animals work. Don't make your people work. Don't make the foreigners reside in your towns. Just remember, and then it goes back to remember you were slaves and that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. You know, and then we have this wonderful reminder in Isaiah. We're doing some Bible Olympics here, friends. But in Isaiah 58, 
9 through 14. It's this wonderful passage, but specifically at, at verse 9, the prophet Isaiah starts out, As we call to God, he will answer. You will cry for help, and he will say, Here I am. And he tells us, If you do away with the yoke of oppression, with pointing finger and malicious talk, and if you spend yourselves on behalf of the hungry, satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness, and your night will become like noonday. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land, and he will strengthen your frame. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. Your people will rebuild the ancient ruins and will raise up the age-old foundations. You will be called repairer of broken walls, restorer of streets with dwellings. And here's the if. If you keep your feet from breaking the Sabbath and from doing as you please on my holy day, if you call the Sabbath a delight and the Lord's holy day honorable, and if you honor it by not going your own way and not doing as you please or speaking idle words, then you will find your joy in the Lord. And I will cause you to ride in triumph on the heights of the land and to feast on the inheritance of your father Jacob. There's so much to that. You just think about the restoration that's spoke of in that passage and how God says, and there's those ifs if you rest, if you delight, if you maybe slow down and do things differently like I've asked you to. Um, so you think about, again, that word Sabbath, Hebrew, Shabbat, the literal is to stop. And it's also to delight. So it's not to be um, dull, boring, terrible, something to dread. It's something to delight in and to allow ourselves to stop. So think about this. Sabbath is a day dedicated to the Lord for rest and worship. And it's not just a day off either. And it's really interesting. I think about why is this so difficult for us? Um, some people that I, I researched had some following opinions. First of all, one said it's because of desire. We are people who are always wanting more, attempting to do more, achieving more, having more options. I know I've been in that category. I could get more done on a Sunday. I could clean my house. I could go shopping. I could you know, get everything ready because truly Monday is the start of the week, but actually Sunday is. In the Old Testament, when the people of Israel, remember when they were going through the wilderness, God provided them with manna, this magnificent bread that, that showed up, bread from heaven and quail, and he tells them, collect it six days, and on the sixth day, collect extra for the seventh day so the people could rest. But they didn't believe God or trust him. They wanted more. They weren't sure that they'd have enough. And so that's another reason is, do we, do we really believe that God is going to provide for us, and do we always think we have to be the one getting more? That's another reason to take time off and rest and worship. Another problem, we also have our limits. I know I have a problem with limits. I don't usually drive the speed limit, I must confess. I'm changing that now because we have this device on our car that gives us a break on our insurance if I drive better, so that's a good thing. But you think about with limits, where with, even with children, you know, you tell someone, don't go over that line, and they will literally, you mean like right there, right there, and they'll get as close as they can to the line. We are always pushing limits. If you have children or you've been a child, you did it or you see it. Pretty much from the get-go, we don't like hearing the word no, stop, or you can't. Limits chafe us, and there's also control. When we don't have to adhere to limits, we strive to control others, our situations, time, pretty much everything. This has whiplash for us with the legalism that also could come with Sabbath, which Jesus challenged the religious leaders over and over and over again. You know, if you, if you look through the, the Gospels, Jesus almost always healed on the Sabbath. That was the day 
that he not only stopped and he taught and he delighted, but he healed and he set free. So you think about the Sabbath being a day to delight and also to be set free. The religious leaders in that time, they, they wanted so much to obey God that they went so far and they placed extra burdens and, and um, rules and restrictions on Sabbath, making it a day of effort and not delight. I thought about this. My cousin, um, she's, she worked as a nanny for a Jewish family here in the Twin Cities when she was going to college. And one of her primary duties was to prepare for Sabbath so that the family didn't have to do any work. So she would turn lights on, she would make meals, she would open doors. I mean, she would literally do everything so they wouldn't break Sabbath. And you think about this, how, how God doesn't want it to be hard for us. He wants us to delight and stop and rest. Jesus summed it all up in reminding the religious leaders what they really should have known, that the Sabbath, he quotes this, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. The Sabbath is a gift. Rest, one day of rest is a gift for us. And the religious leaders had missed the Father's heart for the Sabbath with all their add-ons and subtractions and rules. So here's the thing. Um, again, this will be room for interpretation and um, your life schedule, but how do we do this? How do we do rest and Sabbath exactly? And, and two things I want to encourage you is we start with intentionality and preparation, which means that we have the capacity to say no to a list of good things so we can say yes to God's best. How do we not do it? Well, I'm going to say something crass here in a second, so get ready. But Eugene Peterson said it first, and I really respect him. But he said, you don't just see Sabbath as like taking, a day, like taking a day off of work. He called it a bastard Sabbath, if you do that. That's shocking language. There's no children in here, so I said it. But you think about that. If, if, we, if we dishonor the Sabbath and, and we're like, oh, I'm, I'm just going to take my day off of work, but it's not focused on God, it's really illegitimate. And that's what that word means. It's, it's such a strong word that he uses. We also don't do rest and Sabbath as something to check off a list or view as an obligation or, or try to lump it all together and call it all good. Abiding in Christ and practicing rest are an integral to the full and good life God has for us. And so you think about that, that Sabbath is a day dedicated to the Lord for rest and worship, which gives broad categories and lots of interpretation based on your personality type, where I thought Matt Glatzel would like this, or your Enneagram number. You, you figure out, like, I'm a seven. Sevens, you know, normally when a seven feels good, <laughs> this is probably hopefully next week or the week after, I like to go for a run or exercise or go futz around in my garden or bake or, or, or go bug my neighbors and see what's going on. My, my husband doesn't like that because he's more introverted. But um, no, but it, it's, it's a day of connection. It's it's day of being with you all, um, being reminded of the goodness that God has for us. And, and really think about like how you are wired is how God has also wired you to do Sabbath. Um, we think about that worship is not just sitting around reading scripture, singing praise songs, or acting religious. It's, it's anything to point your heart, your mind, and your body towards grateful recognition of God's reality and his goodness. So here are five reasons to observe the Sabbath to abide in Christ. Um, and I, I was going to say too, the, the um, the paperwork I gave you, I want you to just chew on this throughout the week. It's got some good reflection questions. Some I wrote and some I got from, um, from Ruth Haley Barton. But here are five reasons. First of all, it's to be restorative to our bodies. God has designed our bodies to work best on a rhythm of work and rest. Brandon Clements writing to the North American Mission Board said, Our bodies were not wired to break Sabbath. Things start to break when we do. Secondly, practicing Sabbath reorients our heart to the gospel. 
Our human belief systems are rooted in having meaning, value, and worth from what we do achieve or earn. And especially in Western culture, the message we buy into is that we have to earn our identity. We have to earn God's love. And we cannot earn anything from God. His love and his forgiveness is grace and gift. And Sabbath and rest reminds us of God's grace and gift, freely given. Sabbath also fosters rebellion against cultural shallowness. Um, it reminds us to slow down, allow for delight with friends and community, and take care of our emotional and spiritual health. Sabbath helps us focus on what matters most, our relationship with the Lord and with those we love around us. And Sabbath increases our awareness of God. The intention of, Sal of Sabbath, writes this writer, will recalibrate your heart to God relationally. I really like that. It gets our hearts functioning back in the way that they should be with him. And so I want to just encourage you to be intentional about rest, not just to not see it as a day to veg out or do nothing all day. Um, just think about how, um, Dylan, if you can bring up the, um, the people who keep the, sab the Sabbath, that one, um, the one for Walter Brueggemann. Keep going. I like this one. I hope this will, this will give you some information as you reset it. People who keep the Sabbath live all seven days differently. Think about what um, God is going to do in you as you rethink Sabbath. Um, and, and it also is going to mean being resistant because um, as we look at the slide, how do we do this in a world that doesn't quit? First of all, pray about it. As you take these reflection questions, pray on it. Choose to honor God in this way and talk to the Lord about how the Sabbath can be a delight. And I just want to remind you that we do this by adopting Jesus' lifestyle. He kept the Sabbath. He rested. We create space for healthy emotional and spiritual life. And we embrace new habits. That means we, we are people that can change and we can learn and we can do things differently. So I hope this encourages you and I hope that, um, I hope that you start resting differently because I know I'm going to try. I'll pray. God, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for your true word. Thank you, God, for... Um, the gift of, of rest and Sabbath to delight and rest. And I just pray for everyone here, Lord, that you help us all to figure out how to do this in ways that honor you and restore our bodies and our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.